Amen. Good to be in the land of the living this morning. Amen. Got a good report this morning to rehearse into your ears. Pastor and Sister Carol, they labored with that sister. She got delivered. She got deliverance. Amen. Well, I heard they got tied into a principality there. Major stronghold in the woman's life. But they said, you know, afterwards, you know, after laboring with her a while, she said she was pretty tired, pretty worn out. So today they're going to be praying her through to the Holy Ghost. So amen. Keep that in your mind. Keep that in your prayers. And yeah, may the Lord raise up a standard. And he's always going to raise up a standard. Amen. Well, the salvation of the Lord is continually making itself known. Amen. Even though it be few in this hour, still that's one is one more. Amen. One means many. Amen. Thank the Lord. Thank God that we are in the land of the living. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. As it's still going over in my mind, all Israel shall be saved. Amen. It's good to be part of Israel. Good to be part of a nation. Good to have an identity. Because you see the devils out there pushing many identities. Be like this, be like that, and be this, and be that. Go over here, go there, do this, do that. You can have identity out there in the world too. Many of us have uh, had many identities we had to die to, and we're still dying to many identities today. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus, Lord, we do humbly ask, Lord, you, and thank you, Lord, for your blessing this Sabbath day, Lord. We know you have blessed this Sabbath day, Lord, and we thank you for it, Lord. And humbly ask, Lord, you bless the teaching and the preaching today, Lord. Bless the, Lord, the hearing ear, seeing eye today, Lord. More, Lord, may you open our understanding, Lord, and Lord, watch over Pastor and Sister Carol and the saints there, Lord, as they minister amongst themselves, Lord. As they, Lord, come tear down the kingdom of Satan, Lord. Do bless you and praise you, Lord, for your power, Lord. Pray you watch over them, Lord, as they travel, Lord. May they have a safe trip home, Lord. Lord, I ask you, Lord, to, to appoint angels, Lord, for them safe trips, Lord, wherever you have them to go, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for giving us the privilege, Lord. Do these things in thy name, Lord, by thy power, by thy might, and always by thy spirit, Lord. We do bless you and praise you and glorify you and thank you. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen. Praise the Lord. Exodus chapter 20. Read some oracles of life here. <laughs> yeah, they're life to us now, but when we were in our old man, our old state, and our old identity, they, they became death to him. Yeah, and thank God for that death. Amen. Now we walk in newness of life. Amen. God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. 
Thou shalt not bow thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all may be seated. You know, the word says, by this came the knowledge of what? We don't know the word? By what we just read. By this came what? The knowledge of what? Sin. That's amazing. Wake up, everybody. Wake to righteousness. Come on. By this came the knowledge of sin. And by this knowledge, when it entered into our ears as being the people of Israel... Something died in us, but something else came alive. Amen. Like I was saying before, this commandment, like Paul said, was when he heard it and when he thought he was such a great Pharisee, knowing the law from one end to the other, doing the works of the, and the precepts and everything of the law to the T, you know, by his own strength and by his own might, when the law came to him again, it became death unto him. Why? The old man died. Why? Because it revealed sin. As we know in deliverance, that's one thing that we've got to get out of the way first because sin is the open territory. Sin is the legal grounds that gives place to the enemy. Amen. We know that in each and every one of our, everyone that can testify of this very thing. See, we're in a kingdom. And we know that this law, what we just read there, what they call, many call the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, it's actually a fortress for us. It's actually, I like to call it the, the walls of the kingdom. Because if a man's going to sin, he's got to go outside the body. He's got to go outside the walls of the kingdom. Because within the walls, you know, if, like the word says, if we keep the word, the laws before our eyes, the precepts before our eyes, it's continually there showing us something. But once that wall gets out or that law gets out of our minds, we go out beyond it. Then we enter into the wilderness of sin. Then we're susceptible to the enemy. But if that knowledge is there before our eyes continually, 
then, you know, that keeps our feet in check and keeps us within the boundaries of the kingdom. Amen. Because we, have, most part, knows we in ourselves are weak. You know, we can look within ourselves and always see that our will is never, our own will, our own self-will is never uh, propelling us upward. It's always propelling us downward. Always making us susceptible to the enemy because, yeah, we got this little body here, this thing we called flesh, you know, and it's decaying day by day. We know now we have learned that this is just a house, a temporary house. And what's in this house makes up what actually we see with each other day by day, our conversation, whatever is existing in this house, whatever has been put up in the attic up here, been stored up in the attic, good or bad, always shows out in the house. If the house has been painted or the house has been gotten dusty and gotten cobwebbed, shutters flying off, shingles broken, house leaking, or it's well maintained, we can see. Day by day, each of us, as we look at each other, as we discern the Lord's body day by day. Praise Amen. Hallelujah. But it's an amazing thing, you know, and I hate always hearing it. You know, I tried to express or bring over, you know, about Israel, what the Bible says about Israel to a person, and they keep saying, well, what about the Gentiles? Well, what about the Gentiles? Yeah, it speaks of the Gentiles, but still, when we are born again, we are new creatures. Right. Old things have passed away, and we're no longer, like we heard, we're no longer Gentiles, but we're Jews. Jews of the heart, Jews spiritually, when we are in the kingdom. And that's the only nation that the Bible is ever speaking about, is Israel. Right. Amen. Let's go to Exodus chapter 19. It's... This uh, precedes Exodus chapter 20. Bring something forth here. Because, you know, if we do away with this very thing that's given us life, and if we do away with this very thing that keeps us within the kingdom, what say, what can be our protection then? If sin is our demise, if a sin is reproached to any nation, Exodus 19.1 says, In the third month when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, they were being delivered, wasn't they? They were in the process of deliverance. Coming out of Egypt, right? The same day they came into the wilderness of what? Sinai. For they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness... And there Israel camped before the mount. It's an amazing thing in, the, in this end time. Israel is still going to end up in the wilderness. That's the only way she's going to be purged. It's the only way she's going to be proved. And Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel. He says, you have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Oh, that beautiful salvation, huh? Many of us have escaped that 
Egypt, haven't we? Amen. Now, therefore, if you will, what? Obey my voice indeed. And what? Keep my covenant. He's leading up to something here, ain't he? He's got them out in the wilderness. He's done sanctified them and set them apart by the sea, right? They passed through the sea, and then the sea closed up, and then there was a great gulf affixed between the land that they were in and the land where they were going. Doth now baptism also save us, huh? Mm. In that manner. Therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be what? A peculiar treasure unto me above all people. For the earth is who? Mine. It's the Lord's. Amen. And it says, And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. What? Be unto me a what? Kingdom. You know, I always, for a kingdom, I always like shortening it. It's like a king's domain or king's dominion. And always have domain, we've got to have a king, don't we? And our king has always been Jesus. Amen. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a what? Holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And here it goes. Let's go to, and I'm going to, before I go there, let me read you this. Amen. I'm going to get ahead of myself. I don't watch it. Then you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Kind of excited up here. <laughs> a peculiar people. Just as in 1 Peter 2, 9. And you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nations. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. And this is reverberated again, 1 Peter 2, 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. That what? That ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we're going to be a kingdom of priests, right? Exodus 19 and 7, continuing on. I thought I just want to insert that in there because, you know, we've got New Testament folks and not Old Testament folks sometimes. we want got to make a balance here sometimes, you know. Well, why are they hanging in the New Testament? Okay. Well, we got New Testament word. we got two witnesses here. Amen. Exodus 19 and 7, And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Lord commanded him. And we got to remember now, this is prerequisite before the giving of the commandments. Exodus 19 and 8. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, what we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. So here you got Mo, uh, God speaking to Moses. Now Moses is going down to the people. Now Moses is going back to God. He was the mediator, right? right. In this sense. As we read in verses 4 through 8, we can look at this as a wedding proposal. There's vows taking place. And you see, when a husband and wife are exchanging vows, they always end it with, I do. But in this case, the Israel's lights in that region were saying, we do. 
So we got a kind of a wedding proposal going here, huh? And as we read in Exodus 19, 9 through 25, he starts setting the stage for the commandments. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go unto thy people and sanctify them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. And be ready against the third day, for the third day the Lord will come down in the sight of all the people upon Mount Sinai. And thou shalt set bonds unto the people round about, saying, Take heed unto yourselves that you go not up into the mount. There's a boundary there. Or touch the border of it. Whoever touches it, the mount shall be surely put to death. Thou shalt not a hand touch it, but he shall surely be stoned or shot through. Whether it be beast or man, it shall not live. When the trumpet soundeth long, they shall come up to the mount. And Moses went down from the mount of the people and sanctified the people and they washed their clothes. And he said unto the people, be ready against the third day and come not at your wives. You and your wives don't come together. They don't have union in a sexual manner. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mountain and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud. That had to be something else, you know, a trumpet just blowing your eardrums almost really out. So that all the people that was in the camp, what did they do? They trembled like, whoa. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet what? With God, to meet with Yah. And they stood at the nether part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was all together on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Our Lord is a consuming fire. And the smoke thereof ascended the smoke of a furnace. As a smoke of a furnace and the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake and God answered him by a voice. Amen. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mountain. And the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mountain. And Moses went up. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go down, charge the people, lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze. Like, who's going to go through the cloud? And go, what more is this going on? Who is this doing this? And many of them perish. And let the priest also which come near to the Lord sanctify themselves, lest the Lord break forth upon them. A lot of sanctifying going on here, huh? Clean yourselves up before you get into the presence of the Lord. And Moses said unto the Lord, The people cannot come to the mount up to Mount Sinai, for thou chargest us, saying, Set bounds about the mount and sanctify it. And the Lord said unto him, Away, get thee down, and thou shalt come up, thou and Aaron with thee. But let not the priest and the people break through to come up unto the Lord, lest he break forth upon them. And so Moses went down unto the people and spake unto them. And then as we go on, as really there's no division should be here, we continually start reading. And God spake all these words, saying, Now God is speaking. 
And what we just rehearsed here is the very thing that, that was spoken to all the ears of Israel. But after the trumpet had exceedingly sounded long and got louder and louder. Because the people wanted to hear God for themselves, didn't they? And they got to hear God for all that he was. We read in Exodus, as we read in Exodus chapter 20, we ended with verse 17. Let us pick up with verse 18 now. Notice this. So we already got, we already moved into kind of a wedding proposal here. God sanctified and setting them as part of his people. Now he's, going, he's already given them a law, giving them a precept, giving them boundaries. This is amazing. Exodus 20, verse 18. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, what did they do? They removed. They started, whoa. Started went going afar off. And they said unto Moses, and they're turning unto Moses now, you speak thou with us and we will hear. But let not God speak with us lest we die. It must have been some kind of loud, uh, glorious appearance for them to be so trembling. For God was speaking forth the precepts of life. Now God was starting to make known the knowledge of sin. So you got all the people fearing here and now and going, oh, no, we don't want this thing now. Okay, Moses, you... You can go up unto God and whatever he tells you, you come down here and you speak to us and we will do it. Exodus 20, 20. Perfect vision, huh? And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God is come, what? To prove you. And that his fear may be before your faces. Why? That ye sin not. God was giving them a glorious thing here. He only not set boundaries up, but he was setting up another boundary within themselves to keep them out of sin. Very thing that makes us susceptible to the enemy. All these churches out here, they're not actually rehearsing this week by way. They have no knowledge of sin. And because it's all done away with, I sin, you sin, we all sin. I mean, just the damnable doctrines that come out of it. Once saved, always saved. I mean, there's so much crap out there that people ain't even entering into life and the Lord's pressing with us and dealing with us continually to help us to enter into life that's why he's brought deliverance into our midst and we can escape out of sin the very thing that is killing us the very thing we've seen that's done killed quite a few that's done left they went outside the camp to do their things and they always had to go outside the camp to do their things and they didn't make it back because uh, we didn't have the law and the precepts before my that mindset of uh, it's done away with enters in especially when self will especially when the will of man is starting to propel someone downward and he starts blinding himself to the will of God to his precepts and to his laws he wants to keep us in his kingdom and he gave us a law to abide in. And it's not a grievous thing as some suppose. Try to make it grievous out there. In the businesses, the Baptist businesses, the Methodist businesses, the Pentecostal businesses. 
I mean, it's not, you know, teaching this stuff is not good for business. It isn't. Do they really want people, God's people to be free? No, or they're just a bunch of goat herding. Goats eat anything, don't they? Just about. So they can just feed them anything out there, huh? And the people sit there, you know, like, you know, the little 50s cars with the little bobbling head dog. Preacher says, yeah, you're all good and you ain't done no wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they go outside the door dripping wet because the preacher done licked them up and down, done polished them. but not give them the knowledge of sin that they may enter into life. And, 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 you know, and forbidden of that is, is actually a very grievous thing. It's, keep, it's forbidden them to enter into the kingdom. Because they enter into his kingdom, you got to embrace this. You got to. You got to embrace it. I mean, that's... Not only on two tables of stone that we know now, but it's on our, our minds and on our hearts. That's where it's always going to be. It's, that's, it should be there continually to be four eyes to keep us safe, to keep us in the pavilion, to keep us in the secret place. You know, Satan, he knows that boundary. And if you're behind that boundary, he can't pass over. No. Not if you're in perfect obedience. Not if you're in sanctification. No. Amen. Moses said unto the people, fear not. And there's nothing to fear. But that's what's being proclaimed out there. Fear this way, huh? They speak evil of that which they understand not. They always speak evil of the way. The way we're going because they can't understand it, can't see it. They've been taught them. And it's not entering into their ears, not entering into their eyes. But the Lord has taught us to be special and privileged that we heard his words and his voice from on high. It's not that any of us had our own power and our own will to, you know, with our mother and father uh, got together and, and all of a sudden a voice come out of nowhere, birth me. Did we have any choice in that? No. no. So what is this thing that we have a choice to Accept God and don't accept Him. Accept Christ or don't accept Him. What is this thing? Oh, I'm not going to accept Him. I'm going to accept Him. This might as well say that you might as well be equal with God if you're that much set aside as I am. That you, before you was even conceived, you told your mother and daddy, birth me. Even so, huh? Even now. We did we birth ourselves. We had to hear something, huh? To bring us down, to humble ourselves. It's amazing once we humble ourselves, the humility of God is beautiful. We can always be humble towards God. But somehow this humility causes us to be bold towards man. Even the man that tries to rise up in ourselves. Amen. So God, so the people of Israel said, okay, Moses, you go up there. Whatever God tells you, come down here and rehearse it and we will do it, right? So we keep reading. 
And I'm just going to go over, and if y'all writing notes and everything, it's something for you to go back and look at because it's a lot of reading. Because in actuality, if you read the whole account, the laws, the precepts, and the judgments don't stop with the Ten Commandments. They continue. They do continue. Because we know God's trying to enter his people. He's giving them a wedding proposal at the time so that they may enter in. Because Israel was very young then. Trying to form a nation even then. It's amazing how he got Jacob down into Egypt by famine through Joseph. Got Joseph sold into slavery. Like Joseph's name means he was, so he added something. Israel hadn't, in the 12 tribes of Israel hadn't done, done no good or evil, but they were delivered into the hands of the Egyptians for 430 years. Then they were delivered out. So God can start showing them and, and giving them an understanding of deliverance and who a Savior is and who a Redeemer is. We can see this thing from its bare but from its first infancy to its end time for its full fruitness. We seem to be at the end of it. Because you know the word says the Lord waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth. Amen. And even those that went on before us and the witness who went on before us today, they, without us will not be ma- and cannot be made perfect. Because the perfect is the whole, not just the individual. For our God is one. And he keeps on reading. In Exodus 21, 1 through 11, judgments and laws of masters and servants. Then it picks up again, Exodus 21, 12 through 32, of murder and injury. Exodus 21, 33 through chapter 22 to 15, of property damage. Exodus 22, 16 through 31, obligations to society. Exodus 23, 1 through 9, of justice. Exodus 23, 10 through 19, holy feast and jubilee cycles. And Exodus 23, 20 through 33, blessings for obedience to the covenant laws. Let us pick up, let's go to Exodus 24 and 3. The word reads, and Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord. Because, you know, they wanted Moses to go up to the mountain, get from the Lord, and come back down to us and rehearse it to us. So we seen, well, we, I went through there very quickly, was all the things that were rehearsed to Moses to come back down to speak unto the children of Israel. Because they heard him speak all the Ten Commandments. Then they stood off and they were fearing. They were like, we can't take no more of this. Uh-uh. No, lest we die. Said Moses said, fear not. He's come to prove you. And after they told Moses, now you go up. And so Moses went back up and he got some more. Yes, he did. And he come back and rehearsed them again. That's what we just got through reading. And I just briefly described it in categories there. Yeah. Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments and all the people answered what? With one voice. And said, all the words which the Lord has said, what? Will 
we do. Huh? Kind of hearing that again, huh? Kind of kind of that proposal's still going on, huh? Exodus 24 and 4. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord and rose up early in the morning and built an altar under the hill and 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel. Moses wrote what? All the words of the Lord. Everything that had happened beforehand, he wrote down in a book. Said not only the Ten Commandments, but all that we found out from Exodus 20 to Exodus 23, 33. And what did he name this book? Exodus 24 and 7. And he took what? The book of the what? Covenant. So the laws actually to us is the precepts of a covenant, huh? That God is going to make between him and his people. And it's never changed. How has it changed? Even though it might have been then, he's going to write it upon two tables of stone, but even now, still, in this new covenant, still so much the image of the old covenant. The same thing on our hearts and our minds. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people. And they said, all that the Lord has said will we do. And what? Be obedient. Again, wedding ceremony, the children of Israel saying we do marriage vows. Exodus 24, 8. And you know, it's amazing the way God had planned this. Now, he's got Moses as the mediator. We know in due time there was one going to come after the Moses in the same like manner. Jesus, the mediator. Between God and what? Man. Now, after all this has happened, it's, I mean, it's, it's in beautiful, godly order. It's amazing. God is on perfection. The plumb line is just straight. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people and they said all that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. Exodus 24 and 8. And Moses, what? Took the blood and sprinkled it where? On the people. And said, behold, the blood of the what? Covenant. Which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. In the marriage vows, that's pretty much saying, I pronounce you man and wife because of the blood, the consummation. And now, what I always have, we got two parties exchanging vows, and after that, the sealing of the vows and sealing of the covenant and what always comes after a wedding a reception a time of joy a time of jubilee amen time of everybody feasting and talking with the man and the wife the new two two new Exodus 24 9 
Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the God of Israel. Amen. And there was under his feet as it were a paved work of sapphire stone. And as it were the body of heaven in his clearness. They're going to see the husband, huh? And on, upon the nobles of the children of Israel he laid not his hands. Also they saw God and did eat and drink. Hmm. Sound like a wedding ceremony, huh, afterwards, huh? And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount and be there, and I will give thee tables of stone and a law and... Com what? The tables of stone and a law and commandments. Notice that. Tables of stone and a law and commandments, which I have written that thou mayest... What? Teach them. As we go on, he goes up. Exodus 25... 31, 11, Exodus chapters 25 through 31, through verse 11 to chapter 31, is the tabernacle plans, the priest with their attire, and the sacrifices is announced. As Moses is with up, you know, he's going back and forth, and he's getting this from God, and he's coming in down and telling to the people, going back up to God, bringing it down to the people, because that's what they requested of him to do, because they didn't want to hear from the Lord no more. Say, Moses, you speak to God, and he speak to you, and then you speak to us. Exodus 31, verse 18. Exodus 31 and 18, And he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of communion with him upon Mount Sinai. What? To tables of testimony tables of stone written with the finger of God after that we notice that while Moses was up there receiving these all of a sudden the children of Israel were down there going man he's up there a long time what meaneth he? I mean, he go up there and he done died I mean where, where is our deliverer where is the one that brought us out I don't know, I don't know what we're going to do now and maybe we need to Pay homage to another God or make an image unto the Lord. So the people made a golden calf. Right after they received the law, the precepts, and the commandments. And the, the tumult of all this when the people started to arise and play and sing and do all their enchantments after Aaron took all the golden earrings and everything they plucked off and all the jewelry I guess they spoiled out of Egypt he said he threw it in the fire and all of a sudden this calf came out then they all of a sudden they rise up say hey these be the gods that brought the other land and they, they was pretty much saying that this calf was Yahweh but they made him into image like to corrupt a man into beast that infuriated the Lord they tried to call that thing Yahweh And here's Moses up there getting this law and these precepts and these commandments engraved with stone from the finger of God. And the children of Israel down there doing all this mess after they done heard the words. And then he done made the vows. And then got it sealed with blood. <coughs> it says in Exodus 32, 19, and it came to pass... 
as soon as he came nigh into the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing. And Moses' anger waxed hot. You know, he had to deal with God's anger first. God's anger waxed hot first. They said, I'll just destroy them all. And Moses, I'll just raise up you and raise up seed after you. And God said, and Moses had to intercede for that. And God, you know, you don't need to do this because, you know, if you do this, what's, what's, what's all the other people going to say? Didn't you say you was going to do this and what you're going to do? That? And then God had to repent. Somehow you hear, see, see the anger of God now transferred to the anger of Moses. And Moses' anger waxed hot, and he cast out of his hands and break them. Talking about the two tables of stone that he just received below the mount, below that calf. What was this actually a, a signification of? A breaking of the covenant that quick. That quick. The very thing that was rehearsed in their ears, it wasn't even taken to heart. as in the prophecy of Jeremiah in Jeremiah 31 31 said behold the days come saith the Lord that I will make a new covenant where with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah it says not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand who was doing all this the Lord was leading them go this way go this way leading them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. When did they break it? Right at that point of that golden calf. And this was even before the Levites were even on the scene. That's right. Amen. There was a priesthood even being acted right there that preceded the Levitical priesthood. Anytime we read in Hebrews, you know, there was one that come after the order of Melchizedek. I'm not going to get into that right now because a lot of people probably not understand the Melchizedek priesthood. I think this right here is pretty much a body of the Melchizedek priesthood. Not according to the covenant that I made with the fathers in the day, and we read about the day, didn't we? that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. And we're getting ready to come upon that time of Passover. Remember the angel passed over them, and right after that they was out of Egypt. Lord held them. And then the time of Pentecost they received this law. And to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. And it says, although I was an husband unto them, so even at that time, Israel was his wife. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. And I noticed something here was very unique. It didn't mention the house of uh, uh, Judah on this one. But it's going to make a covenant with the house of Israel. And we are the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws in their inward parts and write them in their hearts and, and will be their God and they shall be my people. So when then, after all this, what serveth the law then? Again, by the law came the knowledge of 
sin. Everybody, loud. By the law came the knowledge of sin. Amen. We need to know this. We need to be instant in season and out of season as much as we heard this. And if we're going to sleep, so I guess go ahead and sleep on. Uh, my, my admonition is to wake out, out of sleep and wake to righteousness. So what served this law? Let's go to Galatians 3.24. I'm just building a foundation before I get into the rest of the teaching. This is to understand why another law or law had to be created. Says you have to understand the schoolmaster. I think many times this verse is used way out of context and way out of the meaning which it was supposed to be. Because when you're trying to, you know, help people understand the very law that's trying to save them or trying to bring them out of darkness into light. Because with you know, if this law ain't first imposed on our wicked mind and our wicked heart, how will we know what to repent from? Because God give it. And then it's up to Him, you know, to cause it to come alive because many people can hear it and it won't come alive. But they are, they are of the seed. They are of the children of Israel. Somehow we, hear, we heard. And it woke something up in us. And somehow He had begotten us again, huh? Unto a lively hope. Wherefore, the law was a schoolmaster to bring us what? Unto Christ. What served the law? To bring us unto Christ. As the word says, he's going to save all his people from their sins. Going to deliver us out of the many precepts and out of many hindrances of Egypt that still sometimes plague our mind. From our old nature, the superfluity of naughtiness that sometimes resides in us. From past natures and past feelings and past ways. It says, when the Greek word, this Greek word is translated, they never thought that we would butcher up the English language. No, they, they, they say, they use this word schoolmaster and their precept to, to say that it's done away with, that we don't need it no more because it was a schoolmaster. Because they said, we already arrived in Christ now, so we don't, still don't need this law anymore. But we know our English language, again, is butchered. And this one word, you know, it, there's a lot of words, I think, in that Bible when it got transliterated, transliterated, or whatever, or gets processed over into English that it lost a lot of its true meaning. It did. A lot of, lost a lot of its punch. Lost a lot of its validity. And this was one of the words. When we think of, of the word schoolmaster, we think of the person who runs the school, right? The one who's actually doing the teaching and everything. 
However, when we break this word and go back to its original meaning, it means a servant whose office it was to take the children to school. Hmm. Takes on a different meaning now, huh? It was actually a servant whose office it was to take the children. We are the children of God. To take the children to school. So this word comes from the word pedagogue. And means, and it means a person acting as a bodyguard whose job it was to ensure the safety of the student while taking them to the instructor. He is not the instructor. Because you really think about it, the law is the instructor. But the schoolmaster, he was a servant that was there to bring you up to the law. Just as we are when we're trying to lead somebody to the Lord that we feel or have a witness in us that's of Israel. So we become that servant, that schoolmaster to lead them up into the law. And when we rehearse that law in their mind, and if they are God, then something awakens in them. Yes. He is not the instructor. The bodyguard is not the instructor. His job was to make sure the student go or got to the instructor safely. So the true meaning of the word schoolmaster, huh? And that verse takes on a beautiful form now. We understand that the book of the law was created because of the golden calf transgression. It was created to take the children of Israel to the instructor safely. Our instructor is Yeshua, Jesus. Let's look at first Galatians 3.19. That's in that same chapter. Galatians takes on a beautiful form because it starts breaking down the purpose of the law. If we start understanding, you know, they throw the word law out there as some kind of, you know, a cliché. But the law, it has a lot of many definitions. It's up to us to understand which law at any time the Bible is speaking about. Because out there, their minds is only conditioned to understand one law, and that's it. And that law that supposedly has been taught to them, they do away with that. And we are considered a privilege and a blessing for our minds and our hearts to have this law in it. It does. It keeps us in life. It does. It keeps us within the kingdom. And we know who spake these laws. The king. Amen. Amen. That's his domain. Exodus, I mean Galatians 3.19. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions. Why? Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. And who is this seed? Amen. Galatians 3.16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one and to thy seed which is Christ.
So in a sense, you can say that this book of the law, in its form, in its way, maybe Galatians teaches us now, that it was a band-aid that patches up the broken covenant that was made now, that was made then, until the Messiah can come and rebuild it in his blood. With its laws, it creates a safe framework for the people to operate in until the Messiah can come and rebuild it. Once rebuilt, the bodyguard or the book of the law has served its function. It's no longer needed. As he said, all the law hangeth on two things. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, body, soul, and mind. And love thy neighbor as thyself. Amen. If we abide in love... Then what the word says, we don't need no law. Because in the law of love itself, it is fulfilled. Ephesians 1.11, saints. I've taught on covenant for many years and I've always enjoyed speaking about it because the people of God love hearing about it. The, it's actually they like hearing rehearsed in their ears, you know, the vows made between them and God. And, you know, it's the structure of the kingdom. It's the precepts of the kingdom to help us abide and live within. It's our house. We are the house of Israel and abide in that house. Hey, how are these walls built? Amen. Amen. Israel of old had walls about it, huh? Yeah. And you got there myself. Help me, Jesus. Ephesians. I'm going to start at verse 1. I'm going to lead up to verse 11. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of his own. No. Amazing again, huh? Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by whose will? The will of God. Why the reason we are sitting here? By whose will? Did you make a will to come up here? How many of our wills this morning really had an inkling in us not to come up here? Or not want to come here? Or not want to hear this? Or at any time, you know, when there's a Bible study, there's something rising up in it. I really don't want to go to Bible study. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessing be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Hallelujah. And these spiritual blessings are in what? Heavenly places. Where our heart and our mind is, there will be our treasures also. Let's let our heart and our mind this morning be in heaven. Probably not, hopefully not on a pillow. According means a with or joined to, according as he had chosen us. Who is the us? 
they that say they are of Israel. In him, where? Before the foundation of the world, that we should what? Be holy and without blame before him in love. So we're going to be this holy and without blame by our own will, by our own might, by our own strength, by our own doings, by our own workings. No. No, we have the law. And the, and the word says, you know, we can do the law to the jot and the tittle, but that's not going to save us. There's no salvation in doing the works of the law. And we can't cast away the law because of that precept, but that law is always there before our eyes continually to keep us from sin. The thing that gives legal grounds to these demonic spirits. And that's his hope. And he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. What? Well, how's he chosen us for? And what purpose? And what magnitude is this choosing and, ch and election taking place? Well, it says right there that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Semicolon. Now we're going into a deeper understanding of that very phrase you just announced there. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. So you know it's his, by his blood that we draw nigh unto God, that we are drawn and we are joined unto God by the blood, the mediator of the new covenant, just as Moses was a mediator to the children of Israel. We just took a, a brief look at the shadow. Now we're looking at the image. We got a good understanding of this. It, it's got a lot of mileage on it. Yes. That person can sit back and meditate and be blessed to think of the magnitude of God. Because they witnessed it back there in Egypt. I mean, they saw waters parted. They, they saw many miraculous things. But still, what entered in? Self-will of man always propelled them downward. having predestinated us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of what? His will. So what's being acted here? What's in force here? His will. We got to understand that. If a man can go and understanding the reason why we're being now, the way that's going on now, the way time is, is structured for us now, why we're sitting in these seats now, why we're hearing the word now, because it was according to the pleasure of his will. We got to understand it. It's all God and nothing else. There's something in us. And there's something out in this world continually trying to bring self up and make self a God. To try to separate you from God. Not to, they don't want you to humble yourself in any matter, any form, or any way. They promise us liberty. But they themselves are the servants of corruption. Have nothing to offer us. Many of us have eaten at that table. We've eaten the dainties of that, that master and that king out there. Why should we return to it? And we've seen the witness. It's always before our eyes. We've seen just very recently. Many started eating of the dainties out there. Like I said, they had to go without the body, without the camp. 
to do these things. And we, as a result, what, what entered into them? Law unto them was not to them ordained of life. Like Pastor said, this thing is a two-edged sword. The law to us is a more beautiful, not a grievous thing because it has brought us into life. Just by the knowledge of sin. Just having knowledge. Bring death to the old man, but bring life to a new man. We got to get this understanding in our head. That it's always by the will of God. His thoughts of us are always. What if his thoughts of us always? Having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. In whom we have redemption. There it is. Through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to the good pleasure which he had what? Purposed again in himself. So by his purpose and by his pleasure is he doing these things. Amen. God wants to break us down and humble us. That's not nothing to our detriment. That's not nothing to our hurt. He's wanting to kill something in us but wants something else to come alive in us. And it's always, you've got to understand, according to the good pleasure of his. There is peace in this. We've got to understand that. Peace in it. Why? Because now we are not in the possession of a slave master. But we've been given over to the possession of a servant. And as we read the words and and bring the words into heart, we can see the life of the servant that went on before us. That we can be conformed. Because it was predestinated us to be conformed into his image. And to his likeness. That's what he was trying to do out there in the wilderness. To try to conform a people. Try to bring them. But here we are. Alongside the second Adam. Second born, who entered into the promised land? Was it what, those that went out of Egypt, the first generation? No, it was the second generation. And so like manner, Israel. He hath purposed in himself that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he, what's, he, what's his purpose and his pleasure? That he might gather in one all things in Christ, which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in whom? In him. In whom we also have obtained what? Talking about Jesus, in whom we have also obtained a what? Inheritance. An inheritance. An inheritance. Focus on this word for a minute, inheritance. We get to 
sometimes get a little taste of that with salvation, healing, and deliverance. We get a little taste of the inheritance. Don't count it some small thing. As some might count slack. Some might count not worthy. In whom? Who? We. In whom? Who? We. In whom? Who? We. Have obtained. Now that we are in the kingdom, now we have obtained something. Like our Lord has, huh? We obtained an inheritance. What? Being predestinated, predestinated, predestined. We get our word destiny out of that. Our, our destiny as the children of God, as the earther of God, is already mapped. It's already forged in the fire and will be forged in the fire and malleated through the pleasure of God. Because we got to be brought out of darkness. Much darkness has covered the earth. And even now, gross darkness is covering it. And the Lord is trying to give us sight, give us light. What is thy word is a light and a lamp. And whom we also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to the what? Purpose of him. Who? It's his purpose. Understand his purpose. I mean, the word, we can hear the word just pounding and pounding and pounding it, trying to get in this through our mind. The purpose of him, Yah, Jesus, who worketh all things after what? The counsel of his own will. So he has structured it, huh? Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. God. Elder Dow, a saint, a brother, by the will of God. Sister Ashley, a sister, by the will of God. And I can say that for every one of us in here. It's by the will of God that we are obtained this kinship, this family. He worked it by the counsel, and he's given this counsel day by day. Counsel of his laws, his precepts, and his judgment. Inheritance is a word. If I know many of us have obtained a uh, Hebrew Greek study Bible. Good study to get into here. There's a word for inheritance 2820. It's called Kleru. Kleru. It means obtain an inheritance, to cast lots, determine by lots, to choose by lots, to a lot, to assign by lot, on to another as on to another as a possession. And, it, and I read this an inheritance, and another verse popped up in my mind. And the meek shall inherit the earth. Hmm. Wonder who the meek is. Meek is the humble, huh? Israel is the only nation that's going to be humbled on this earth. Everything else is going to be taken out of the way. Clairu. To make a lot, a heritage, a private possession. And it does have a chain word, which we're going to get into. I'm getting into some verses here that now they start 
as we read the word. How many of us read, ever read the word and get in certain passages and we read a verse and all of a sudden in your mind the Holy Ghost starts bringing this verse and you go over here to this verse and you read it? And then all of a sudden this verse reads, you go, ah, yeah, 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 I go over here to this verse and I read it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're sitting there eating, you're eating, you're eating, you're eating. All right, I get some more salt and more pepper. Go to this verse. Yeah, mmm, boy, this is good. Boy, you start feeding that spirit man, start feeding the soul. Mmm. That's what the Holy Ghost does. Especially when you get into his word and you, and all of a sudden, you know, hey, I ain't got the memory to bring up all this verse. But all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost is speaking to me the things which Jesus has said. Amen. Amen. And that is even after the counsel of his own will. I mean, here we are, servant of the servants. Hmm. We're learning to be servants. Learning to be. I think that's the, the, the basic, the root meaning of what a priest is. So we see in the Old Testament shadow, that's all he did was serve, serve, serve. Amen. Clayroo is from 2819, but we'll get into that as these verses that I'm getting ready to read, they start chaining one another. And they start bringing out, you know, one thing about line upon line, precept upon precept, there's hidden things that seems to be revealed. That God desires his people to know mysteries. Yeah. Especially in this time, he's opened it to a point. He's got to. Because the fullness of the Gentiles is just about there. Here we are at the last throes of humanity and the thing called earth and its realm. Ephesians 1.14, skip down a verse. Two, three. Same chapter. Talking about Jesus, talking about our Holy One, which is the earnest of our, what's that word again? Inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession. Who are the purchased possessions? We're all sitting in here. And we're purchased by blood. Just as Moses, he sprinkled the people with blood, huh? Just as so, we have our hearts and our minds sprinkled. Yes. We have been given unto our husband. We are the wife. We are the church. Which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the person possession unto what? The praise of his glory. But I notice we read inheritance in 111. Now inheritance in 114 takes on another. Another meaning. But still the word, root word is clero. But now we got cleronomia. And it has a chain verse too, 28, 18. Notice they're all staying in one group. As in the same, almost same understanding, but just a little facet more. You know, he's a royal diadem. And diadems always have many facets once the light hits it. The light's got to hit it. And that's the only way you can see the brilliance of a gem. Amen. Cleronomia. Again, it means inheritance. An inheritance, property received or to be received by inheritance. What is given to one as a possession. 
says the internal blessedness of the consummated kingdom of God, which is to be expected after the visible return of Christ. Amen. To share which an individual will have in that eternal blessedness. Let's go to Galatians 3.29 now, saints. So we're working off a word, claro, claro, and claronomia. And we go to Galatians 3.29. So one thing we got to do when we study, we got to build. We're builders. Just you know, Jesus was a builder. He was a carpenter. Amen. You know, it's amazing about our Lord and Savior, our God. He's a creator. Hmm. There's something in us that desires to be a creator, right? Amen. I wonder what that is. Is it our will? Nah, I don't think so. Galatians 3.29 says, And if ye be Christ, then ye are what? Abraham's seed. Here we hear that word again. As you remember the verses that I said before? We always talk about that word, that word seed, which is Christ. Line upon line, precept upon precept. And if ye be Christ, then ye be Abraham's seed. And what? Heirs. According to the promise. So we dealt with inheritance in two forms. But almost the same meaning with different facets. This heirs is kleronomos. And it's from 28.19 and 35.51. This kleronomos means one who receives by lot an heir. An heir. One who receives his allotted possession by right of sonship. We are the sons of God. One who has acquired or obtained the portion allotted to him. So we're going into a kingdom, huh? And we remember in the Old Testament when they went into the promised land and they had to drive out the inhabitants thereof. Same thing is going on here now. If we're going to obtain anything more in God, anything more in his likeness, any more that he has purposed, then we drive out the inhabitants of this land. Sometimes there's many things hindering us from entering and taking everything by force that it should be taken. Lord gave him a promised land, but he said, one thing, you need to go and destroy, utterly destroy everything out of the land before you actually take possession of it. And then in due time, if you do this, don't you take none of their customs, none of their gods, do nothing of their manner or anything. But what did the will of them of Israel, the will of Israel do? The man Israel drove them downward, and they went and took all that they wanted, received of their customs, started worshiping their gods. Then God had to bring judgment upon them. His word had went forth. His word had structured. Do you think God's going to turn back on his word? His word had pretty much framed this world. The way it has. And he ain't going to go against his word. His word will accomplish what it's set forth to do. So anything that goes against his word, his word has to execute what it was said to do. Because he spoke it and put it into being. And then it was. And anything growing contrary to that. That's why many of us have a sound mind and a sound heart even now. Because the word is helping us 
Like I said, in times of old, like the word says, help us to consist. Help us to have a sound mind and a sound heart. Because when we were out there certain Satan and the devil and being his slave, our mind was scattered. We were scattered. We were drawn here. We were prostituted here. We were whored there. Like I said, 28.18. And it's from 28.19 and 35.51. 28.19 is kleros. That's when we start breaking down a Greek word into its basic form. It's actually, this word is two words in Greek. Kleronomos. The first division of the word is kleros. Lot, part, inheritance, heritage, an object used in Casting or drawing lots, which is either a pebble, pot shirt, wood. That which is obtained by lot, and we have attained a lot. Lotted portion, a portion of the ministry common to the apostles, used of the part which one will have in eternal salvation. Of salvation itself, the eternal salvation which God has assigned to the saints. Of persons, those who care and oversight has been assigned to one allotted in charge. Amen. So we see the first word of kleronomos, heirs, that we are the heirs. The second word, the break, break, break down this word, is nomos. Word nomos means law. Anything established, anything received by usage, custom, a law, a command. Any law whatsoever, a law of rule producing a state approved of God. Mm. Praise the Lord. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15.50. So we can start understanding this covenant and inheritance now, huh? A little bit clearer. First Corinthians 15, 50 says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and what? Blood cannot, there's that word, inherit. What? What's it cannot inherit? The kingdom of God. Where is the kingdom of God? It is within you. And this cometh not with observation. But the kingdom of God is in power. Now this I say, brethren, and we know that 1 Corinthians 15 is talking about the resurrection and everything concerning the resurrection. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit corruption. Again, this word inherit means kleronomio. And it's from 2818, which we already have read. Inherit, be heir, obtain an inheritance received by lot, Received by lot, especially to receive part of an inheritance, receive as an inheritance, and obtain by right of inheritance to be an heir to inherit, to receive the portion assigned to one, receive an allotted portion, receive as one's own or as a possession to become partaker of, to obtain. Now it's broken down again, like what we read for kleros and nomos. 
Go to John 1, 12. Start rolling here a little bit. Because we know what we have read before, it should be fresh in our minds. That which we have heard already, like, you know, when we read the word, there should start coming a remembrance of things which already have been rehearsed. There should be a meditation going on, not a distraction. John 1, 12 says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become what? The sons of God. The kingdom of God is in power. Even to them that believe on his name. John 1, 13. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Because you know, in any instances, there's none that seeketh after God. There's none that doeth righteous. Even Moses himself, he wasn't seeking God. God had to come to him first. Out of a burning bush. You read it any time in the scriptures. Jeremiah, before I knew you in the womb, I called you. Just as any of us. Did any of us say when we heard of Jesus, Jesus, birth me? No, we couldn't. It was not by our will, not by our might, but it was always by his spirit. That's what got us born again. We did not make that choice. God made that choice for us. Because before the foundation of the world, we were chosen in him. We got to have that blessed assurance. But as many as received him, and how do we receive him? How did the children of Israel receive him? By his words. Where the Lord spoke, okay, yeah, yes, that will we do. That will we do. Well, were they in reception to him when they went into idolatry? When they stepped without the kingdom, stepped out without the boundaries, went outside of the laws that was trying to keep them in the safe place, in the pavilion, in the, under the wing of the Lord. But, he's mad, but as many as received him, and that's not like in days of old, go out to the altar and go out to the aisle and come down to the altar and receive him. That was something brung over from pagan Catholic ways. When the king separated himself from the, the Catholic church and started the Church of England. Now out of it became the Episcopalian Church. You know, they had that service where you come out, and you know, the Jesus cookie thing, you know, where the bread becomes the actual body and blood, you know. They had the little mass service where the people, they would hold up the cookie and start, you know, breaking it and whatever, and they was going to receive mass, and they'd call the people out of the aisles and come down to the aisle to receive the cookie. And the Methodist they broke off from the Episcopalian ranks, and when they brought that over to America, and they perverted it even more, they had done away with the cookie, and they just said, come down the aisle and receive Christ. The same man, you understand that? They thought this little cookie was Christ. And they, they talked to people, and the people, yeah, you know, like little dog in the back of the 57 Chevy, going, hee, 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 So they went down and received Christ in that manner. So the Methodists brought it over here to America and then they bottled it and labeled it in the Methodist way. 
And we can see through the ages and see through time how the Presbyterians, how the Baptists, how, how the Catholics, how the Pentecostals have taken a lot of the word, bottled it and branded it in their name, then put it on the market for you. And there's, there's a market going on out there for our souls continually day by day. We're on the slaughter block, slaughter block day by day. I mean, if our ham hock, and we ain't got a ham hock, but <laughs> well, we might yield one of our quarters over to Satan, but the rest of the God, I mean, that's, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Got to yield our members unto him. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, to them that what? Believe on his name. And his name, in this sense, those that believe on his authority. And his authority is his word, and his, and his authority is bound in the law of God, in his own law. Because he is king, and he's got a kingdom, and if you're going to abide in his kingdom, you've got laws and precepts that you've got to abide in to remain in the kingdom under his protection, under the, the ministering spirits. That's been given to us. Because any time while we're in the kingdom and something's trying to break into the kingdom, trying to come get us and everything, we call upon the ministering spirits, the angels, to come into our defense, and they're there. Amen. Because we are the heirs. What are they given to? The heirs of salvation. Because day by day we're continually being saved. Salvation is not the one-time experience where you hear a little sweet message and you... <laughs> Walk down the aisle, repeat after me. Okay, you're saved, you're in the kingdom. No. No. Where, where's the death scene? I mean, uh, where's the sacrifice taking place? You know, and there's no weeping and travailing and mourning, godly sorrow. You know, there's no death taking place there. Nothing being offered up. Just as the pattern of old, huh? Nothing has changed, has it? Our God does not change. That's an impossibility. You mean God has impossibilities? He can't change and he can't not lie. That's an impossibility of God. He can't lie. I guess it's good impossibilities too, huh? Amen. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, to them that believe on his name, his authority, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of what? The will of man, but were born of the will of God. We were all born by the will of God. Amen. Because he has an inheritance and he wants to include us in his inheritance. We're the body of his inheritance. And when he's gathered it all together, and brought us all into one, then he's going to take everything and then hand it up unto God. Mm, it's going to be a glorious day. What a day, glorious day that will be. Amen. Amen. Like I said, before I, like he told Jeremiah, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. The same prophecy that we read. To the house of Israel and to the house of Judah, a covenant. In the laws, especially in the house of Israel, is going to be in their hearts and their minds. Again, by this will of God, working on this born out of the will of God. It's always the will of God. Like Ephesians 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Colossians 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Acts 13.36, for David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God. 
Second Timothy 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Second Corinthians 1.1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of, war, will of God. Again, Ephesians 1.4, according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love and predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. This adoption is huiothosia. Adoption, adoption of children, adoption of sons, adoption as sons. That's 5206 in the Greek. That relationship with God was pleased to establish between himself and the Israelites. With him. Above all preference of other nations. He only got one nation on his mind. It's the nature and condition of the true disciples. Who by receiving the spirit of God into their souls became the sons of God. It also includes the blessed state looked for in the future life. After the visible return of Jesus from heaven. Amen. Romans 8.29 Romans 8, 29. Here we go. Not that predestinate message again. No, not that mess again. It's been done away with. Yeah, I hear that. that was clamoring out there from the world. It's clamoring and groping for anything he can grab. Romans 8, 29. For whom? Who is the whom? Who is the whom? Yes. For whom? Actually, the whom is Jesus, Yahweh. For whom he did for no, he also did what? To predestinate. What what does this predestination consist of? What is predestination to us now? What is its service? And what if it's, what is its workings? To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Like God said in Genesis 1.26, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion. That was man's first state, to have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, over the cattle and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. It was in the beginning, and in the end, man is the man, the converted man, the man Christ Jesus is going to inherit the earth. It was in that state until sin entered in. And death by sin. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Like in Philippians 2.8, And being found in fashion as the man, he humbled himself. Jesus did. He humbled himself being Lord of creation. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. My death, that's got a lot of pain to it. I don't know if I want to go that route. But that's the way we must go as the people of God. We're delivered to the slaughter day by day. Why? That we may enter into life continually. Being came obedient to death, even the death of the cross. 
And we don't do it with eye service. We don't do it as men pleasers, as Ephesians 6, 6 tells us, but as the servants of Christ doing a will of God from where? The heart. What is this servant? A bond, a bond man, a slave. Like Paul said one time, a prisoner of the Lord. We're prisoners of the Lord. We're no more whores and, and slaves to a cruel taskmaster that we used to serve. Amen. Man of servile condition. A slave, a servant, an attendant. Hmm, an attendant. We read about an attendant, huh? A schoolmaster. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. This foreknow is a Greek word called prognosko, which we get our word prognosis with. Means to foreknow, foreordained, know, know before, to have knowledge beforehand, to foreknow, to predestinate, to whom God foreknew, so that they would love him. So he predestinated us. He put love in us by his will, by his purpose, by his pleasure. This love that's welling up in us for him, he, it's his. And he put it in us. For whom, he, for whom he did foreknow, him also did he predestinate. Pro orizo, horizo. And that's from, four, that Greek word is 4309, and it's from 4253 and 3724. Again, it has the same inference as foreknow, predestinate, determine before, ordain to, or predetermine, decide beforehand in the New Testament. God decreeing from eternity to ordain a bore. So as we know, he, everything that is now, he spoke it before the foundation of the world because we understand by faith that the worlds were created by the word of God. Word of God. Amen. As I said, pro or horizo, we get that word horizon from horizo in the Greek. Horizo. Determine, ordained, declare to limit. Determine, define, to mark out the boundaries or limits of. So what is our boundary and our limit? The law. And by the knowledge of the law, we have the knowledge of sin. And because we got the knowledge of the law, it keeps us from committing sin. To determine, appoint that which has been determined. To appointment, decree, to ordain, determine, appoint. Another word, horizon. Where should we get our word horizon from? Boundaries, region, district, land, territory. Israel. Conformed. The word, sumorphos. And we know when something morphs. The Greek word morphs, it changes from one thing into another. You know, we've been conformed and we've been changed from, we used to have an old man, an old nature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The morphing, huh? We're new creatures in Christ. Amen. Conform, somorphos, that's the Greek word 4832 if you want to look it up or study it one time. 
conformed to, fashioned like to. So we've been predestined to be in the image of God, to be conformed, to be molded, to be tried, to be put through the fire, to be malleated, to be beaten. Because it was God who drawed us or dragged us into himself because we was his from the very beginning. Because he's, he's establishing amazing testimony in us. Amazing testimony. Because that thing which happened in heaven, he said it's not going to happen no more. So he's got to set forth something to guard against that ever again. He's going to establish this. He's going to make this a grand testimony. And by this law and by everything he's doing in us, doing in his church, then he has justification now to judge the world the way he needs to. Because like in, now, no one can be uh, found not guilty. Everyone is now found to be sinners. Our boundaries, our territory, our kingdom, our king, and our laws. Like in Isaiah 45, 4, it says, For Jacob, my servant's sake, and Israel, mine elect so we now know who the elect of God is anytime we worry read the word elect in any passage we can we can chain it to Israel Israel is his elect you know it's all the healing and all the casting out of devils and everything that Jesus done only the elect received it Lord said in Psalm 31 15 and what David said unto the Lord said my times are in thy hand and our times are in his hand no man can come unto him no man can come unto Yah except the father no man can come unto Jesus except the father which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day and he said, therefore, I said, I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. Again, I'm going to say this verse. I'm going to have us repeat. Over whom? Who's the whom? Yes. He did predestinate them who are the them. He also called. And whom? Who is that? He called them. Who's them? He also justified. And whom? Who is that? He justified them. Who is that? He also glorified. Amen. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward. Who is the usward? Israel. Not willing that any, who is the any? Israel. Should perish, but at all, who is the all? Israel. Should come to repentance. And the only way anybody can come to repentance is they got to hear the law first. Amen. So bless the name of Jesus. Bless the Lord for his loving kindness towards us, with his thoughts toward us being peace always. Well, we got an adversary trying to tell us many other things. 
trying to bring up an accusation against the elder. Amen. So praise the Lord. I hope and pray that this was a help to your understanding, something to put into the bag, you know, hoping that it ain't a bag with holes. We got to have a good bag. We got to put good, good things into a good bag, you know, that later on, you know, I got some in my bag there that I can use. So I pull it out of my bag and, ah, yeah, I'm nursed. Because we're on a journey, saints. And it's all by the will of God. And like many of us said, why me? <laughs> well, why should the thing say to, to it that formed it, and why hast thou made me thus? <laughs> we can't We have nothing to say. We just say, okay, God. Yes, God. All right. <laughs> Amen. Ah, blessed Heavenly Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus, Lord, we do bless you and praise you for your words, Lord. Pray you strengthen this last hour, Lord, that our faith fail us not, Lord. Just keep us, Lord, on the straight path, Lord. Help us, Lord, to make it home, Lord, because day by day, Lord, it's, it's a battle, Lord. But you, all in all, without you, we can do nothing, Lord. We do give you praise, honor, and glory. And thank you, Lord, for watching over Pastor Dow and Sister Carol, Lord, as they minister. Saints there in South Carolina and North Carolina, Lord, we pray your blessings upon them, Lord, your strength upon them, Lord. Upon the Israel of God, Lord, we do bless you and praise you, Lord, for keeping us in this hour. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen.